welcome back to the podcast. Uh, it's Austin with another episode for you guys. This week, I have my friend Jake with me. We're going to talk about, uh, well, a whole a whole bunch of stuff. What's going on, man? Not much. What's up with you? You know, uh, actually, I decided to take a long weekend. I'm probably going to work on some more stuff for, for all this. But uh, I know you are headed up north, right? Correct. So for those of you listening that don't know, for whatever reason, in the great state of Michigan, up north basically is anything north of our state capital. Um, but uh, for us here, and I, I'm sure it's different in every state, uh, this is kind of the start of, it's bow season here, right? October 1st, yes. Yeah, so... It's actually uh, one week away from today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so next weekend we'll be starting bow season, and I think it's November 15th for firearm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we had Ryan on, uh, and you're going to go hunting with Ryan. Yes. Uh, he was on, uh, it was a while ago now, probably a couple of months, honestly. It was still pretty warm out. Um, but I'm not a hunter. Uh, and given that we're at the dawn of hunting season for pretty much everybody, I kind of wanted to discuss some of that. Because really, if it comes down to it, you can at least like hunt, provide food for your family. Like, you know, you won't be so far as like you won't be as bad off as I would. You know, uh, I have no idea. I, I mean, I have a gun. I could kill something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not uh, not very well versed, and I know we kind of talked about going out together at some point, but uh, I think I we'll ways off. I would love to teach somebody new to hunt. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> really? Yes. Why? Um, just because, like, I mean, Chris Pratt had like a video of it, and he's like, "Going hunting in the morning is like the greatest thing in the world because you basically go out in the woods. It's dark, usually like hour before sunup, and then you basically get to sit there, and nothing knows you're there, like squirrels, nothing. And then as the sun comes up, slowly the woods come to life, mm-hmm. and it's like the coolest thing in the world. It actually, does sound kind of peaceful because it's i'll be honest with you the only like really outdoor activities i tried getting into i was dating a girl a while ago now obviously not my wife uh and we went fishing with her dad and i absolutely hated that shit because it was like gotta go out in the boat and my family growing up we were all like pleasure cruisers right so it was beer and partying on the boat on the boat and on the water and the smallest boat i was ever on up to that point was like a 36 footer her dad had like an 18 foot fishing boat and Needless to say, I got sick. <laughs> yeah, you're going to rock and roll a bit on that one. Yeah, it was not a good time, and I pretty much promised myself after that that no matter what girl I was dating, I would not be fishing again. Um, so hunting does actually kind of sound at least a little bit more Yeah, when I was younger, fun. I did a lot of fishing. Then, obviously, middle school, high school, took a big break because of marching band. Yeah, that's true. We've known and each then, other, what, we're coming up on, <laughs> we're coming up on 20 years don't remind me. <laughs> I know, it's been a long time. And then once I got into hunting, because I got into it later in life, because right around the same time me and my wife started dating, was my first hunting trip for rifle season only, and I think it was 2011. What do you, okay, so for rifle, what do you hunt with? Uh, back then it was a 270, now I use a 308. Okay, see that's what I want is a 308. I you know Ryan, uh, he's a lever action 3030 a marlin i think he said um yeah 3030 or 30 at six his dad might shoot 30 at six and that's you guys where's the now you have to be above what lansing or bay city or something to use uh certain caliber rifles in um michigan yeah i think it's bay city but the if you actually look at like a 
Deer Digest, the line is actually skewed. It like dips down and then goes. Oh, back so it's up. not a straight line across no, the state. No, that would be too easy. <laughs> well, that's government work for you, right? <laughs> yeah. But that's three hundred eight is what I want because I know like long distance shooting. You know, something in a bigger caliber. It's it's a catch twenty two because for the longest time, like I didn't know what I was going to shoot, and my uncle who got me into hunting recommended the two seventy. Because it's an all-around good gun. If I wanted to go out west, it's good for that. But then I wanted something with a little more knockdown power. So I bumped up to the 308. But really, I've never been in a spot where I could take a shot more than 100 yards. Now, is that just optics limitations? Or is it just never presented itself because it's not that wide open where you're at? It's just not that wide open. See, and that's... I mean, because so my focus is typically in like the defense shooting space, the tactical shooting space. So, yeah. you know, for me, learning to shoot long distance would be like 308 or 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, and Sam, uh, you know, Sam yeah. he just bought himself, actually, I just pulled it up. It is, it's a Christensen Arms Ridgeline, uh, 6.5 Creedmoor. And he picked up a uh, Leopold 3 to 15 <laughs> optic for it as like a. Yeah. gift to himself post uh the surgery stuff he's going through yeah that's uh good brain uh caliber um you really could i think they say six and a half and 300 wind mag will hunt anything in north america really be it bear elk whatever you want so i mean have you been on i, I have a friend who just had her uh, boyfriend go on a bear hunt is that something you guys do too or no um i haven't even looked into it yet i would probably because with kids, I'm going to probably <laughs> have to stay in Michigan here. For at least a while. Yeah. I was uh, looking to go out west in a couple of years, go after some elk. But we have elk here, but it's like a once-in-a-lifetime draw. That's what I think Ryan and I were talking about that, or maybe it was maybe it was us. Uh, I know we talked about quite a bit over 4th of July, but I know there's like a lottery for that, right? Yes. So you apply, and you know Jono, mm-hmm. mutual friend. Mm-hmm. His wife has been applying for 16 years, and she just got one. Wow. That's like, <laughs> so, that's a long time to be trying yeah. to finally get one. And then and then there's people who have been doing it since they were like 15, and they're now 50, and they still haven't drawn. Now, do you, I mean, do you know, is it, if you get a tag, are you likely to get one? Is the population volume, like, is it enough that you're probably going to get one? Or do well, you have to get that tag, and then you're probably not going to run into one either? Well, that's the thing. Usually what they do, like up at Ryan's place where he's a member, they have guides. And if you draw a tag, you get with the DNR, and they will let you come in there being a non-member and basically give you a guide and drive you around, find you an elk, and what? shoot it. Yeah. Seriously? Does that take kind of some of the fun out of it? Well, that's my thing. That's the only way I've ever seen it done. There are ways you can go by yourself on public land and try and find it but if like you for instance if you just randomly were like oh i'm gonna draw try and draw an elk tag and you drew it Mm -hmm. do you even know where they live yeah it's a upper upper peninsula right yeah you know (laughs) i have no idea exactly yeah so i mean and it's one of those things where it's like it's potentially a once in a lifetime thing do you really want to gamble on not filling that tag right and is that, I mean, okay, so aside from the trophy aspect, I mean, can you, I don't know, can you eat elk? Is that like, do people do, is it just a sport thing or? 
Is there a real reason? Allegedly, Elk is the best wild game meat you can get. Oh, dude, I kind of want to try it now. I'm sure it's probably expensive as hell, just because based on how hard it is to get. Yeah, like me and Ryan have a mutual friend, and he finally bit the bullet, went out west to Colorado, went mm-hmm. bow hunting for elk, and I think he said it ended up costing him with the tag, the trip, and everything included. It was like thirty five hundred, four grand. I mean, it's really not. I mean, it's not awful. Uh, it's but not he great. ate the tag. So to spend that much money and get nothing. Oh, yeah, okay. Because a deer tag here, don't quote me on this, I don't pay attention to actually what I pay for a tag. I just say, give me a deer tag, and they... Swipe your card, and that's swipe it. Swipe my card and take my money, because i got to have one. They go up every year. They go down some years. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a doe tag was 12 bucks once. Oh, that's not terrible. Well, for if you don't live in Michigan, it's like 150. So out of residence, do people come here to hunt deer? Uh, if they do, I don't know why. We're not known to having like trophy class deer. Uh huh. So like, if you wanted to go and find like big rack deer and like find a trophy, you want to go like Illinois kind of area, like Illinois out of state tag because I've looked into it. It's like 600 bucks. Jesus, and you have to like wait. You got to get like points and stuff. And is that is that? Um, I guess is it different for bow versus firearm, or is a tag a tag? Generally, uh, some states do firearm only, bow only, because like in Colorado, to get a rifle tag for elk over the counter, it's a drawing, like the elk are here. Sure. But if you want to go there and chase them down with a bow, it's over the counter. Walk into Meyer walmart i want to know tag bow season and they're like here you go and i think the tag because at one point i was really looking at going is like 300 bucks that's i mean that's not that that's better than the the 3500 you were talking about but then you look at you know travel expenses well travel expenses too and crazy i mean survivalists i mean if you want to go and like really test your skills go elk hunting is that basically the like the accepted concept there the way to hunt elk is basically you go because they live in the mountains Mm -hmm. at least they do out west here it's not so different but like you go out west and basically you have your tent sleeping bag sleeping pad everything you need to survive for however long on your back and then you're just and then you just walk around stalking well yeah (laughs) stalking but you got food shelter all that on your back just roughing it i'd be able to uh I mean, you don't do that now, right? I mean, you have a... I think you said you had, like, family that has property you hunt on, and then, obviously, you got friends and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I would like to do that, but, I mean, I'm not in shape. I'm not going to lie. No. You... You got to be in some serious shape to do that. Yeah, that's a commitment. Yeah, that's that's something I, I. I mean, maybe I would look at you know, or like to look at doing something like that, but that's a ways off yet. Yeah. Uh, For so. For me, I was going to try and do, like, a UP, and they call it, it's like backpack-style hunting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> don't mind my Text phone. Tone. Um, so it's, like, it's just a way to hunt, and basically you find, like, a said wilderness area, and you just kind of go after game. And if you get to a point where you want to sleep, you just pull your tent out and pitch tent. So what uh, what really got you into this? I mean, 
clearly this is something you're passionate about. So to to know that you know you didn't go through childhood, you know, being a um, a real avid hunter or anything like that. I mean, honestly, it's a little surprising, but I mean, it happens, I guess. So growing up, like my mom was never big on guns, and I feel like everybody's mom is never big on guns for whatever reason. I don't it's know why, terrible. because my uncle, which was her, how would I say this? Her, well, my great uncle is her regular uncle, mm-hmm. her mom's brother, and he was a Green Beret, Special Forces weapon specialist, survivalist, did halos, all that stuff. Jeez. And then my mother and father both served in the military. Mom drove trucks. Dad worked on trucks. I did not know that your parents were both in the service. Yeah, that's how they met. That's crazy. So they met like that, and I figured, okay, well, because once I started getting into hunting and talking to my uncle about it, he was like, okay, well, this is what you should buy, blah, blah, blah. And then my mom was kind of like, you're bringing a gun into my house? I'm like, well, yeah, it's a long gun. It'll be fine. Like, I'll lock it up. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was cool with it, but then I ended up moving out, like, four months later. Okay. So, it wasn't in there long. But, yeah, just, See, it was never a big thing. And, like, even her dad and her brother grew up hunting. So, she'd been around them before. Like, oh yeah, my she, family, none of us had ever hunted. So, uh, I mean, and my mom's family's all Mexican, so they, they're just not hunters. And, oops, um... And uh, we never had uh, we never had guns in the house. Uh, my, you know, Trevor and I didn't buy our first firearms until we uh, were moved. Out, we moved out. Yeah. So, like, my mom grew up with my grandpa. He was hunting. I mean, he's got two antelope in his living room. He used to go out west. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I didn't know that until like I got older. I just used to think they were deer hanging, and then I like mm-hmm. started learning what animals were, and I'm like, oh yeah. And then obviously once I got into hunting, I'm like, oh, well, to get an antelope, you got to go like way west, west. West, yeah. And I'm like, so I asked him one day about it, and he's like, oh, yeah, me and a couple buddies went. And he goes, back then, though, the tag was 12 bucks. Now it's like 200 And I'm like, oh. Yeah, just drove up the demand and everything. Yeah. And not once people realize that you can make money off of it, yeah. it'd be kind of so. stupid not to. But, yeah, I mean, he to this day still has all his hunting stuff, but by the time... I was, say, in middle school, he had stopped hunting. Just too old or lost interest or a bit of both? A little or? bit of both. And uh, the story I was told by my dad was he stopped going hunting and fishing all the time because everybody was freeloading off him all the time. Oh, just going with him to... <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he was footing the bill. So he got sick of it and was just like, yeah, I'm not going to go anymore. Yeah, that's a pretty good reason to stop. I mean, it's it's not... None of this is a cheap hobby. You know, guns are not no cheap. Optics, bows, none of that stuff. Am- hell, ammo right now is not cheap. Uh, I don't even. I can't even imagine what you guys are paying for rifle. I know, uh, like five, five, six for me used to be about seven dollars for a box of twenty. For three hundred eight, I'm assuming it, what it was pre-COVID was probably twenty-five. I actually have two boxes that I bought three years ago. I'll have to get back with you on what the price tag is on them <laughs> but i'm gonna say i probably bought a box for 20 bucks yeah and, and now i guilty admittingly don't shoot my rifle enough and i haven't shot it since i sighted it in when i bought it three years ago see that's what i was going to ask you i know with uh, with the tactical and defense shooting space in the the industry or the world whatever like we're huge on dry fire and like 
target practice and the range and everything is is this have you just not had the time because of the kid or is it i mean I'm do not, hunters really not practice that kind of thing i'm not gonna much? say i don't have time because of my kid because my wife's pretty cool usually if i give her like a two three day heads up and go hey i want to go shoot a range like go to the range shoot my gun mm-hmm. she's usually pretty cool she'll let me go uh sometimes she'll even be like well f you let's get a sitter let's go together and let's go together because I, I need wish to my two. wife was that cool about it like she so, she never wants to go but me my theory is is well i sighted it in and i'm pretty particular how i handle my hunting rifle mm-hmm. like i don't throw it around if i bang the scope which i try not to do like if I were to like knock the scope on a rock or something, I'd be shooting it the next day. But just to make sure your zero isn't yeah. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm like, okay, well, I haven't really shot it in three years now. Maybe I should check that. Yeah, I would say it's probably about time to just. Because I did. Me and Ryan went up to his place last year, and we probably put eight miles on, and I was tossing my gun around. So. Yeah, it's probably I, about time. I meant to do it this summer but covid yeah i didn't feel like covid's kind of really i mean it, it was good in a lot of ways for some things uh you know gave it gave me the time to do a lot of different stuff i definitely started you know uh learning some basic gunsmithing and uh you know dry firing more but uh you know starting this podcast but i know for you know hunting and shooting it it just i know the range around the corner from here i think is still closed their, their sales floor is open uh but the range itself is closed yeah i like part of the reason i even want to buy like my own piece of whitetail heaven if you will like 40 acres is because mm-hmm. i literally want to have my own range because i hate going to like indoor ranges with yeah. my long guns because it kind of pisses the guys off next to me because the gases if you will that come yeah. out oh, of yeah. the end of my barrel yep when your target's at 20 yards and mine is at 50 all the way at the end of the freaking range mm-hmm. and i shoot it it's moving your target yeah, I mean, and that's just the way it is. You know, indoor ranges are just not designed. I mean, it's more for handgun. They yeah. will cater to some of the, uh, you know, long guns, AR-15s, AK-47s, and some of them have, like, the scars and stuff. But it's really, honestly, I hate shooting long guns indoors just because it's so fucking loud. And uh, I, it's just not a good experience for anybody, really. With my long guns, I was taught how to set it on a rest. Yeah. So now that I'm, like gonna be hunting public land this year not hunting out of a shack or a sh- you know blind mm-hmm. i actually am gonna shoot my gun this weekend mainly to learn how to hold it and shoot it get used to doing it that way versus having the yeah. rest or the stand because i've never had to and i use i got a compact model so it's a pretty light gun anyways but i mean it's still got some weight to it mm-hmm. and if you're trying to because basically a kill zone on a deer is the size of a normal paper plate sure so, I mean, trying to hold steady, your heart rate's going 200 beats a minute. Yeah. I mean, and the, there's so many factors. I mean, wind, to an extent, trigger pull yeah. is all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the reason I want to go to the range, too, because, I mean, I'm used to sitting it on the edge of a windowsill. And what uh, what do you run for an optic? Uh, uh, not quite sure. It's Vortex... See, I like Vortex. They make pretty good stuff. Um, I think it's a 3x9. Okay. So not like 
well, and I only ask because I know, like I was saying, Sam just picked up a new rifle and he like up to 15 power. And I just, I don't know what a normal, reasonable amount of magnification is for hunting in Michigan. Um, I, my uncle tried to explain it to me and he's like, just get a three by nine. It's all you'll ever need. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I think on my 270, I got something stupid strong and I mean, never I, used it all. Yeah. I don't think I could outshoot either one of my scopes. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't necessarily think I, I, I only have a one to six on my, uh, on my 16 inch five, five, six gun. Perfectly acceptable for everything i'd need to do yeah because i mean like i said i the longest shot i've ever taken at my uncle's was 85 yards no how did you figure that out just pace it out or do you have like a range finder i have a range finder okay and i ranged the tree the deer was standing next to and as much as i hate to admit it i never recovered the deer i was just gonna ask like was that a confirmed kill no (laughs) oh it it died i'm sure of it <laughs> but you didn't find it. I never found it. Oh, could be out there limping Long around. story short, I it was the first time I took my wife hunting at the time. She was still my girlfriend. And the deer actually came up somewhat behind us. So I had to, like, almost sit on my wife's lap to take this shot. And, like, <laughs> the barrel was, like, right next to her ear. And I'm like, plug your ears. And she's like, well, I don't want to move and scare the deer. And I'm like... You want to plug your ears. Yeah, no. So do you not normally hunt with ear protection or? No. No? Okay. I never hunt with ear protection. If I go to the range, I throw a pair of earplugs in. Mm -hmm. But when you're hunting, the adrenaline is just kicking so much, you really don't notice the ring. That and I'm in a, like, hunting blind, and I usually stick my barrel out the window. Okay. So it's not that bad. Yeah. but yeah, I don't hunt with. Well, and that's see, those are like my questions. Like I always shoot with Ear Pro. I wouldn't think of it without it. But it, you know, I know when you're hunting, you're listening for yeah. stuff, and that's a big part of figuring out what's going on. Handguns, I will not shoot without ear protection on. Well, I did that once. That's probably a smart decision. To be yeah. honest with you. At one point in time, I was up at my uncle's. I fired my handgun once. And it was so bad that back when I smoked, I literally took two cigarette butts and put them <laughs> in my ears because I didn't have was that, earplugs. Was that your uh, Springfield, your yeah. forty-five? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty loud. Yeah. So yeah, from I that point on, I was like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some earplugs. Definitely wouldn't recommend it. Um, so you guys are going for bow season. You hunt rifle. I mean, do you have a, a preference on either one? This weekend is more of like a scouting get stuff ready weekend he's hanging a stand or we're gonna hang a stand for him i'm gonna check out a few new areas to go back during rifle me personally i'm i love bow hunting yeah it's like if you were like hey you could only hunt rifle or bow for the rest of your life i'd probably be like all right bow it is just enjoy it more or is it just cheaper or um there's a couple reasons one I have a longer amount of time because after rifle, it goes back to bow season. And there's like black powder seasons in there too, or muzzle so loader seasons. Can you can you bow hunt all the way through that then? Or is it bow, yeah. then only rifle, then back to bow? So you can bow hunt that whole, yes. it all overlaps? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, there's guys, diehards out there that do it. They literally hunt all through the season. They don't gun hunt anymore. They're like, if I'm hunting with a gun, I'm hunting ducks. I mean, playing with 
bows or deer with a gun. Do you hunt dog? Um, I have. Not no, but not a fan. It was crammed into a weekend with a wife's friend's husband. He's my friend too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're a different breed. Okay. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a nice way, way of putting it. <laughs> well, they get up like even around here, like I went to hunt some public land around here, um, and they literally like get up at three in the morning to go set out their spread, and then they just like hang out there. And I see why it's popular. I mean, you can literally sit there like this and just shoot the shit and bullshit and be loud, and you don't. It doesn't make a difference. Doesn't make a difference. You don't have to worry about your smell, and then. Literally, if you see ducks or geese off in the distance, you literally duck down and you start calling them. And if they come in, usually there's three or four callers. Well, depends on how many are in your group. Mm-hmm. But there's usually a couple guys calling, and then there's one guy, and he will be the guy that says, get them or shoot them, and then you all just pop up and it just, yeah. So a little bit. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean... That sounds like a, a good time. It just doesn't sound as like, I don't know, sound as pure as like you know yes. what you guys do with deer hunting. Yeah, uh, but it sounds fun. I mean, I would give yeah. it a shot. But yeah, like I've, I really like bow hunting mainly because I feel like it's a challenge. And you you shoot a compound. Yeah. Crossbow or no? No, just okay. Looks I like will Ryan. shoot a compound until I can't draw it. Oh, big fan. Uh. No, I just, I I don't want to use a compound or a crossbow. Okay. Yeah, because Ryan was talking, he uses a recurve, and I was, I, you know, I didn't yeah, really understand I actually, what that was. And Did he tell you the story how I tried shooting it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. I tried shooting it once, and it the string caught my arm, and I had a bruise about eight inches long on my forearm. No, is that, I know I've seen people before they have like those leather pads that go across their forearm. Is that something? That's supposed to help with that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to tell you this much. I think the draw on his is like 50, 60 pounds. Okay. If you let a string go with 50 pounds of pressure on it, even if it hits that, it's going to hurt. And that's that's you're not supposed to dry fire a bow. And that's correct. I'm assuming that's why or part of it anyway. No, I had an arrow in it. Oh, and it did that to you? Yeah, I just hit my arm. Because <laughs> you have to, you can't hold your arm straight out, obviously, because most yeah, men have the forearm muscle. And if you don't kind of cock your arm or mm-hmm. break at the elbow a little bit, it puts that right in line with your string. Sure. Because when you go to full draw, ideally you want to be in like a perfect T. Yeah, fully extended. Yeah, but you have to break that front arm so you don't take it out because i've clipped this with my old compound and it was the same size bruise but it was there for a month jesus yeah and it was like purple and green and people thought i had like cancer and like crazy shit and i'm like no it's just just for my bow bad hunting accident (laughs) yeah so you i mean okay so bow hunting uh i mean do you is that do you usually get more deer that way personally i mean is it just something you're better with or um the other reason I said there was a couple of reasons. The other reason I like shooting with my bow is I don't have to go to a range to practice. No. Because shooting with a bow, you actually have to, like, practice. Like, especially with a compound. Mine's set at, I think, 72 pounds. So I have to shoot mine. 
I slack off in the summer, but I've been shooting it because obviously there's muscles. Yeah, yeah. So I do it to keep my muscles there so I can do it. But, I mean, at my parents' old house, I could literally walk out the back door and I would leave a target set up year-round and I could literally shoot it anytime I wanted. You guys had a ton of land, like, going... I mean, it was at least 100 yards, right, from the back door to Plus. Uh, to the freeway there. Yeah, I've never actually ranged it, but, yeah, it's like 100 or so. That's pretty awesome, actually. I mean, if you're just doing target shooting with a bow or a crossbow yeah. or something. So, and, like, my grandpa still owns that house, so I can, like, when I go shoot, I go over there, and he's talking about selling that house, and I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? I really need you to just not just hold so, on to this for a while. Actually, uh, me and the wife were hinting or talking about possibly moving, and because we don't have a basement now, and I keep looking at houses with basements. I'm really mad I didn't get one. They're great. I enjoy mine. You can look around. You can see. I enjoy my basement. Well, I think, like, most houses from one end to the other is, like, a 20-yard shot. Mm -hmm. So I keep telling my wife, if we get another house with a basement, I'm going to build an indoor archery range. And she looked at me like I was crazy, and I said... Nope, it's happening. No, I mean, I've seen guys, uh, when I worked uh, years ago, like right after high school, I worked at a condo complex, uh, totally unrelated. We had a guy throw out like a, I mean, like a metric shitload of just netting, and, and I couldn't fucking figure it out because it was a condo, right? Turns out he had built a indoor driving range for his golf clubs in his basement and just hit into all this netting. So, I mean, honestly, an archery range indoor, it's not like you're shooting the, the concrete, you're shooting into either what foam or hay or something yeah i would uh yeah i'd probably buy a specific target just for indoors Mm -hmm. i mean because the target i have now is great for outdoors but it's been sitting outside so who knows it could have ants bugs whatever in it you probably leave that outside yeah so i'd leave that outside yeah buy a brand new target to leave inside and honestly that would make me shoot so much more yeah, then that's again that's the nice part about being able to like you know with firearms dry fire and stuff yeah. is when we can't get to the range or ammo's expensive you can still work on a lot of the fundamentals or you yeah. know working the the that's, whole weapon system. Yeah, but that's part of the reason I enjoy bow hunting more and plus the season's longer. I mean you got till from October first basically to almost the end of December. So two whole months. Yeah, and then like, rifle well, three months. I'm sorry. Yeah, and then rifle is literally. Depending on how it falls, uh, if you're a weekend warrior, sometimes you only get two weekends because it's done November 30th. It's literally 15 days. That's I, I always thought it was a lot longer than that. I didn't realize it was only like two weeks. Well, they changed it this year, and because I have to read it again, but they changed it this year because after Macomb, Oakland, and Wayne counties, they're having too many deer car collisions. Yeah. So they extended bow season all the way to February 1. Wow. That's a whole extra month then. Yeah. But um, now they're saying, because after November 30th, it was either back to bow, and then they throw in, like, some late doe and, like, black powder, muzzle outer mm-hmm. seasons. And I think, if I read it correctly, you can use any straight wall cartridge all the way up till December 31st. Do you don't mm, quote me on that? Yeah. I have to reread it, but <laughs> yeah, it sounded like they extended it quite a bit, and that's I, actually pretty smart, honestly. And I, I don't know if it's because of COVID or or what, you know, because obviously 
people haven't been doing a lot less, but there isn't really hunting season here during the summer, is there? I mean, that would have um, helped keep that down or anything that would allow for the deer to migrate? I don't, I mean, farmers I don't know. can get, like, a crop damage permit. Oh, okay. So they can take them out during summer, and they can, like... Like, if you get in with a farmer and he says, hey, I got to get rid of these, come on up. Go ahead and take them out. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you got to go through the DNR and, like, it's – you wouldn't believe, like, how much the DNR actually, like, focuses on, like, the right way of doing things, if that makes sense. Uh, Yeah, like procedure and tags yeah. and licensing and yeah. stuff. So, like, usually when you do – if like, I had a buddy who did one and – he almost got into quite a bit of hot water because the farmer gave him bad directions to his field. So he was actually on the wrong field and shot a deer. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, if you shoot a deer out of season, just it's poaching. Yeah. Which always killed me because I always thought poaching was like, Ooh, you're hunting exotic animals or bears or something like not a deer. Actually poaching fines are like, ridiculous so if you shoot a buck and it has i think more than four points on one side it's like a mandatory five thousand dollar fine up to 90 days in jail and if it has more than four points on one side they can fine you an additional like three grand per point wow yeah that's a that's so a lot when i hear about these people who shoot these like giant bucks Mm-hmm. Out of season, I'm just like... How did you not get caught? <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. You hear about them because they get caught, and I just want to be like, did you really think you were not going to get caught? Like, so... Yeah, I mean, I think uh, as time goes on, we're just going to see more and more of that stuff, too, really. I mean, you, you almost kind of have to because we just see the population going up, human-wise, you know, more hunters. Yeah. But, well, I mean, I don't know. I, isn't... With hunting, it's. I feel like it's kind of on the downturn. It is. But I uh, feel like the people that are really into it are just out there more often, knowing that there's maybe less people out. Well, the license sales, if you look at like the DNR's website year to year, license sales keep going down. Which is weird, because if you go hunting on public land, you would not think that. Oh, based that, by the number of people that you see. Yes. Yeah. So if license sales keep going down every year and I still keep seeing as many people as I do. Kind of leads you to believe some people are out there illegally. Yeah. yeah so. So let me, I mean, okay. So do you, with that, uh, do you like, do you gut and clean your own deer or do you take it someplace to have it all done and processed? I gut it and hang it. And okay. I was going to get into processing my own deer just for the fact of wanting to know how to do it like Mm -hmm. butcher it sure but um before that i would take it to my uncle had a butcher because i used to hunt his property but my uncle had a butcher and he got in good with him because between i think it was like 20 people he was getting 12 13 deer Wow. This one butcher just from our camp, if you will. Sure. So that was a fair bit of business. Yeah. So he hooked my uncle up and basically said, just have him name drop you. And we will, uh, basically, if you let us keep these, the hide, mm-hmm. we'll butcher it any way you want for 40 bucks. Shit. That which ain't is bad. like a smoking deal. Cause I think Ryan took, 
like a hundred pound deer once over to stalls mm-hmm. local place yeah and they charged him 120 dear god yeah <laughs> that's oof. i mean and wow. i mean you only get 60 percent roughly from the butcher from the butcher i was gonna say so well, how much like meat is general. that then so let's say for easy math um you're better at math than me. If the deer weighs 100 pounds, you get 60% of that. That's 60 pounds? Yeah, 60 pounds. So you're <laughs> going to get 60 pounds of meat. Well, that's, pretty, that's actually pretty good then. I mean, what... I think it's 60. What, what I guess, is a normal uh, weight for a deer? I mean, I know you, you probably don't want to shoot it like a, a, you know, a fawn or anything necessarily. No. but uh, Just because it's not worth the tag then. But. Um, actually, you can't... Young deer have spots like Bambi. <laughs> okay so in theory i think i don't know that i've actually ever read this as a rule but my rule is if it's got spots i let it go okay but i have in the past because i've needed deer meat shot mm-hmm. small deer and i mean literally grabbed all four legs picked it up like this and put it in the back of a truck wow by myself so i'm talking like an 80 pound deer probably like, it was probably, like, a one-year-old. Wow. So you mean you got, like, 40 pounds of meat out of that then? Yeah. But it's, like, the younger they are, the more tender they are. Sure. Sure. So it's, like, really good meat. Um, the buck I shot that I got hanging in my living room, um, he probably weighed 200, 200 plus. Ooh. Okay. Because it took me and my uncle's buddy both hanging on a rope to lift his head up high enough so i could finish cutting the um what's it called up there at the top the neck i don't know (laughs) no there's a tube that you breathe goes down to the lungs throat (laughs) it's a tube okay but you have to cut it out and it's like 95 percent where hunters cut themselves Oh, is it when they do that? Yes, because you have to reach up there, grab it with your hand, and then take your sharp knife next to your hand and cut it. Okay. Yeah, no, I can see that. That makes sense. <laughs> so, uh, but we had to do that still, and I wrapped it around the thing, and I was holding it, and he goes, you good? I'm going to let go, and I'll just cut that for you. And I go, yeah, sure, I got it. And I literally put all 200 pounds of me on it, and he let go of the deer because he, like, bear-hugged it to help me lift it. Yeah, yeah. And he let go of it, and it pulled me off the ground. <laughs> Damn. So that's a big deer. Yeah. Okay, so I gotta ask, just because you know, you said you went hunting with your wife and everything. Um, I know before this we kind of talked. You know, I know you you carry, uh, you know, in everyday life, away from hunting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, does your wife carry? Does she shoot and stuff as well, or is it just kind of a if you go, I'll I'll look at going. Um, she has her CPL. We took the class together. And when the beginning of the COVID stuff started happening, mm-hmm. I put a gun on the table in front of her and said, until further notice, you are not allowed to leave this house without this. And she go. said, okay, I understand. And that was back when, like, people were, like, freaking out about toilet paper. Yeah, so so the, the panic buying on toilet paper, yes, paper towel, and then, and then guns and ammo became, like, once everybody realized basically it wasn't going to be a week or two-week lockdown, it was going to be, like, three months which it was yeah then you know they kept gun stores open because they're essential and i don't know if you've been to like sportsman's warehouse or any of those places but they're dude you cannot buy anything right now 
the last place I went that actually had something other than like a competition shooting gun was Dunham's. Really? Yeah. See, I was, I was getting ready to tell a buddy to go there because that's where I bought my, my Glock in February, actually. <laughs> like, right before COVID hit, I went out and bought myself they, a new carry gun. They had a couple guns. Granted, they still had, you know, the 1911s that are $1,200 and mm-hmm. a couple beefed-up guns. But they had, I want to say they had an XDS-33 mm-hmm. in 9. Well, yeah, it's because it's an XDS. Well, yeah. <laughs> at least they but had they it. they had guns i mean yeah. long guns were like i think they had two or three air 15s and they were fifteen hundred dollars yeah I they mean, were the expensive ones well right that's how i was, I was actually so, talking to my wife uh before you got here about i almost i'm looking online at these uh you can call them like gucci glocks they have like the the special frames and the slide cuts and everything uh, mm-hmm. through Zev Technologies, and but that's the only stuff you can find right now. Sixteen hundred dollars to eighteen hundred dollars, or you know, uh, Sam I think said he just dropped like two grand on his rifle. I mean, that's the stuff yeah. you can find. The this, the normal everyday guy who would drop five, six, seven hundred bucks on a Glock or something can't find them. Yeah, they're just, they're the, they're backed up I, on orders. I'm literally hoarding like money set aside <laughs> to buy a gun. Oh, I should have sent you the link. I found uh, the Glock 45 yesterday on Palmetto State Armory for 670 That's like the full-size frame with just the slightly shorter... The, the, the slide length's the same as this 19, but it's got a full-length frame on it, so it holds 17 rounds. And it's got the cutout for an optic if you ever want one. If you ever want to drop $500 on an RMR or something, you know? No, I don't. Oh, you say that now. Just wait till you so, get one. But no, I'm, I'm literally, like, stockpiling, like, birthday money and, like... I forget what else. I think... They got me, like... Gift cards and stuff? Gift cards for, like... I think it was Father's Day. People got me, like, gift cards. There and, you go. And I'm like, yep, just gonna stockpile that. So... So your wife's down with all this, then? She's pretty supportive and... Um, to an extent. <laughs> it's always to an extent. Uh, yeah, like... I mean, but she's, like, she condones you carrying. She's okay oh, with yeah. you hunting and shooting. Like, oh, yeah. she's fine having the guns in the house. She likes the deer meat more than I do. See, in one of these days, yeah, so, I've never had venison, so, like, we need to do something about that yes. soon. <laughs> um, well, I plan to get a deer this year, and I, again, I would love to teach you how to hunt. I would love to take you hunting. Dude, let's do it. But. I'll figure it out. I got a bunch of people. Actually, it's funny. I We just took a long weekend going up to Traverse City for wine and stuff. I came back and realized I still had eight days of PTO to schedule, and that's after I already took the week between Christmas and New Year's off. Yeah. Wait till you, uh, if you decide to have kids. Ooh. Put it this way. My vacation renewed January 1st. Yeah. I get two weeks, five days of, or it might be even seven. I'm pretty sure it's five days of vacation, five days sick, Mm -hmm. or two weeks, whatever. I have 24 hours of vacation left. Ooh, nope. I'm good with that. I'm good on all that. I'm just not there yet. My kid's first winter, I didn't put a full week of work in for my kid's very first winter until the second weekend of February. So with that, with the kid around and stuff, uh, are you guys, uh, you guys have like a safe and everything, uh, everything gets locked up or? I have, well, guilty me. I'll admit this when I F up. I, I'm all about, yep, I'll own that till the day I die. But when my kid was first born and I had started carrying, because I carry every day, even at work, 
and I would literally get undressed at night and I would set my gun on the nightstand next to my head. Yeah, I do too. Just not in a case, no trigger lock, no nothing. It would just sit there. But then as my kids started getting more active, I would say right around the time my kids started crawling more than two steps, I started locking it up. Yeah. I have a safe in my nightstand. Just got to be smart about it. Yeah. So it's always a concern. I have a small safe that I, next to my nightstand, I keep both my handguns in. Mm-hmm. And so I plop it in there every night and then every morning. My wife hates it because it's really loud when I drop the door every morning. Well, that's, well stop dropping it then. At 6 a.m. <laughs> when I can go to get it out, but it is what it is. Yeah, man. But then for all my other guns, like my hunting guns, because I got... Three shotguns, a muzzleloader, twenty-two, two long guns. Those all go in my gigantic safe that takes you and three friends to move. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at one of those because I just like we we're starting to get to the point where we want to travel a little bit more, and I'm weird about who. If it's my brother or something, I know he knows how to handle all this and stuff. If it's my one of my other brothers or friends, I'm very paranoid about anything happening with one of my firearms. I'll tell you what, once I got the big safe, it's like night and day. Because I had a cheapo $100 one. Yeah, well, it's like a cabinet that locks more than it is a safe. Yes, yeah. yes you could pry it open. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at getting a bigger safe just because not only kids, but, I mean, let's face it. If you wanted that safe, you could pick it up and carry it out. Oh, the cheap ones? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then they'd worry about busting it open later. So I wanted something that they can just grab and bear hug and walk See, that's on my short list. Either a safe or I want to get a tax stamp and buy a suppressor. So we'll get see. A safe. Yeah, you know, you say that and Sam's sitting here telling me, dude, get the suppressor. It's sick. You're going to love it because he already has one. And he, that's def- he said it's going on his uh, on his new rifle because he got it. It's up to a thirty caliber, so it'll shoot 6.5. He's pretty excited about it. But, yeah, um... I forget. I don't even know. I got a... It was actually, like, dumbfounded how I found it. Like, wife's friend and her husband came over. We're having some drinks, and he asked me if I bought any new guns. I said, no, I'm actually in the market for a safe. And he goes, really? I'm like, yeah, why? And he goes, well, how do you feel about a used gun safe? And I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's an older guy. He's moving to Florida. And... He doesn't want very much for it, and he lives around the corner from you. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> now you piqued my interest. <laughs> I, I'm listening, and I think it's like a 28 gun Liberty safe. And That's he only pretty good. Wanted 250 bucks for it? No, all day, all day. If somebody offered that to me, I I couldn't get yeah. him the cash fast enough. So he sent me pictures of it, and I was like, yeah, dude, I'll uh, I'll take that. And he's like, all right, I'll even help you move it. And I'm like, wow. Score. Wow. So. You really did get lucky with that one. I mean, I literally, we had to take the door off of it for the two of us to move it. <laughs> Most of the weight in those things are in the door. We had a locking mechanism and everything, and yeah. the, the bars is all. Yeah, but we took the door off, and it's actually funny because the way it sits on the carpet in my bedroom, and it, like, sits behind the door, actually, if you were to open the door... I actually cut a two by four to run along the front of it, mm-hmm. 
because if you were to open the door, it would tip because I didn't bolt it down to the wall yet. Oh, good job. I have baseboard heat, so I can't bolt it to my wall. Oh. So I had to... Make sure it leans a little bit backward. Yeah, so now I have a 2x4 tipping it back. Yeah, whatever works, right? Yeah, so there's bolts in the back of it now, though. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll get there eventually. It, like I said, it's on the short list. Of That's part of the stuff. reason I don't want to move, because I'm like... You don't want to move that. Yeah, if I move that, it's... Yeah, you're gonna need you're gonna owe some people at least yeah. some beer, yeah. at least, <laughs> definitely. Um, but hey, man, it's been cool having you on. Uh, thanks for you know sharing your knowledge or anything. I actually look forward to having you back on. I want to hear how the season goes for you guys. Yeah, you know, um, best of luck. I'll, I'll bring steak over and we'll have some steak <laughs> and we can do this again. Dude, absolutely, man. So uh, that's it for this week, everybody. Thanks for checking us out. If you don't already. You can follow us on Instagram at uh, prepared.mindset.pod. And we're also on Facebook. Uh, you can shoot us an email, prepared.mindset.podcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys and get some suggestions on some upcoming topics. So until next week, stay prepared. Stay prepared.